Hello, and welcome back to Unedited, the podcast. I am your host, Kelsey Lauren, and this is episode 20. Today, I'm having a conversation with a another Instagram friend. This is a woman that I just love so much. We always um, connect so beautifully and brilliantly. She and I have human design in common was our initial connection point. And I just absolutely love her take on human design, the way she works with it, the way she weaves it into pop culture. Um, and she's also just a brilliant, creative human being. So without further ado, this is Caressa. Um, introduce yourself. Let us know who you are and what you're about. Okay. Um, well, I love you too, Kelsey. Uh, <laughs> I think you're brilliant <laughs> and amazing. And um, yeah, I'm really just happy to be here. And to be talking about one of uh, my favorite things to talk about with someone that also understands um, just how much it, it's so fun to geek out with someone who is as passionate about this subject as I am. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so we're going to be kind of covering some human design stuff. That's really, uh, yeah, that's how we connected uh, through Instagram because I was beginning my journey of doing human design readings and I've spent probably the last, I'd say, prior to the last like maybe six months, like a year or so, year and a half of doing readings. And I've really taken a step back from that. Um, and so, yeah, I live in Dallas with my two kids and we have a pretty full house and um, I have a full-time job and I have lots of passions and things that I'm into on the side, but Currently in my life, my job, which I love a lot, is taking most of my energy, and that's kind of really where my focus is. And it's summertime, so the kids are out of school, and there's just never a dull moment, so my life is really full right now. I love it. Um, I feel like those are the moments where we often have the most to talk about, too, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I So I also used to do human design readings and took a step back. Mm -hmm. And so I would love to just – I know personally I was working with the system so intimately and intentionally for five years, I think, and then was offering design readings for probably about a year and a half, similarly mm -hmm. to you. And at one point I just like – I felt like I needed to graduate from human design or engaging with it in the way that I had been and just kind mm -hmm. of work with it in the wild um, so I'd love to just kind of yes. get your take and your perspective on like what your relationship with HD has been and like what drew you to take a little bit of a step back because um, I feel like we, yeah. there might be a little bit of crossover there. I love, love doing readings and I always am so like ecstatic and high after it and it, they're always so beautiful, but I get in my head sometimes about the responsibility of like I never want to ever put something into someone's mind or uh, that isn't actually for them. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Like it, uh, it's the same thing. I used to do tarot readings uh, years back and it got to a point where it was like, I feel like this is such a personal thing that people, I like, who am I to be telling anybody about anything, you know, that is like something that's so personal. And I really think that people should have that personal relationship with tarot, for instance, um, because it's all about like their knowing. And so I love the idea of empowering people to be more trusting of their own inner knowing. And I love that about human design. So 
there is like sometimes I just like I said get in my head and I think well what the fuck am I doing like who am I to be like sitting here you know like right yeah. I mean I'm sure you've experienced that and but then after every reading that I have it continues to show me that no you're just like overthinking it because it's you know the way that you're doing these readings it isn't disempowering you know it's empowering I mean that's your whole that's really my that's what I feel like one of my gifts is in this world is to empower people, whether it's through just me seeing them and recognizing them or holding space for them or sharing about their human design. But I think with human design, it's something that you can get so – go down so many rabbit holes with it and get so into it that you have to take a step back to ha- to be able to integrate, you know, and like you said, to have it be seen in the wild. Like I love – that I can use that lens through everything that I am experiencing in my life and my relationships at work with my children and really actually just apply it as in the more I do that, the more I see it, the more integrated it becomes. And so mm-hmm. then it's like, you kind of have this whole other level of wisdom that I think a lot of people are lacking in the human design community because it's all about just, well, there's so many like sound bites and stuff that I see and like all that. And a regurgitation of a lot of the stuff and really it's like so many people are so fresh and new into it and they haven't really sat with just living it you know yeah and so that stepping back is kind of a two-part thing for me like having to integrate it but then also like needing to like question what it is I'm even really doing you know and that's you know I think that's really healthy <laughs> yeah oh completely it's I, a one huge of my responsibility oh a hundred percent. And I think there's a lot of people that don't, they don't necessarily take the responsibility or show up with the level of integrity that I think is important mm-hmm. when you're um, introducing someone to a lens through which they can see themselves. Because this is something that can completely change someone's self-perception, change mm-hmm. the way they engage with life. Um, and really similarly to something like astrology, right? There's there's mm-hmm. so many layers to human design. I would even argue potentially more in human design because oh, yeah. it's a synthesis of so many different things that um, I always caveat any conversations that I have with people to basically say like, A, this is just a lens that you're looking at yourself through. This is not meant to be dogmatic. This is not meant to be this like newly adopted Mm -hmm. way of living. It's just a perspective that you get to try on and Mm -hmm. explore and experiment with, which I love that it's called the human design experiment Mm -hmm. in and of itself. And B, it's so nuanced and there's so many layers and there's so much depth that you could be working with this system or astrology or whatever it is that you're looking at um, for a lifetime and still be learning so much more about yourself and the world around you. And so mm-hmm. that like I don't personally think there's ever going to be a person with human design that has like arrived at <laughs> yeah. mastery. Like there's just, there's way too much going on. Yeah. And I also found that when I was working with it myself, I, I want to get this out of the way actually before I get into this. So both Caressa and I are projectors. I'm a two, four splenic oh, yeah. projector. <laughs> what, what are you again? Uh, uh, one, one, three mental projector and I don't have a defined yes. throat. So yeah. some mental projectors do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so what I was going to say is like your – that like catch-all that we just said, like two, four splenic projector, one, three mental projector, that Mm -hmm. to me is really akin to like your your top three in astrology, Mm -hmm. like your sun, moon, rising. And it's such a minimal 
snapshot of what's actually totally. going on. Yeah. Like no two four splenic projector is going to be identical in the way that they express or experience life. And although there can be some of that overlay between mm-hmm. say projectors or mental projectors or energetic projectors or generators or whatever, um, What's really important for people to understand when they start working with things like this is like you, this is your like divine blueprint. This is a Mm -hmm. very specific and unique expression of God through you. And it's Mm -hmm. not, it's not going to be easily captured in a 90 minute reading. It's not easily going to be captured in an Instagram infographic. Mm -hmm. And it's not something that you can like generalize. (laughs) No. And that's what gets me, that's what gets me going when I see these generalizations. And I'm like, oh my God, this is like doing a disservice to so many people and putting them in boxes when it's actually supposed to be the opposite. And um, it is, yeah, you're right. It's so nuanced and it's such a, it's such a living, breathing thing because we're always con- constantly in this energetic dance depending on who we're around. And that's what it's all about. It's about the interpersonal play in our relationships and what's going on there in those dynamics. And so I'm not even always a mental projector. I mean, most of the mm-hmm. day I'm an MG because I'm surrounded by them, you know, like it's yeah. crazy. And it, yeah, I mean, so yeah, yeah, 100% <laughs> agree with everything you just said. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, okay, this is something that I'm really interested in. When human design first came into your world, like how did it impact your life? Like what was that initial relationship like? I mean, it was so huge. And I mean, immediately when I heard about it, immediately I went online and got the textbook and of course went like headfirst into this massive study of it. And I did get a a reading booked like two months later after I got the book with Jenna, Zoe. And, um, but I had already learned so much in those two months, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) by the time I got that reading, I was like, oh no, you don't even need to tell me about being a projector. Just go into like the real deal about my chart, go into the intricacies because that I don't know yet. Um, but yeah, it completely, I mean, yeah, it was the thing that made me feel more seen than any, than my, than astrology even, you know, um, And I was just like, oh my gosh, this is why I feel like such an alien. And like, I don't feel like I belong (laughs) in freaking society. And like, it's just like, oh yeah, it was, it was crazy. And then I just became obsessed, you know, and I had to know everyone's human design around me. And I had no intention at all ever thinking I would be doing readings. I was just so obsessed with it and wanted to learn everything I possibly could. Mm -hmm. And back I say back then, it was only like four and a half years ago, but there really was not much information at all. There was like three books you could buy. Yeah. And then there was all the Jovian archive <laughs> bullshit, which I just didn't even want to fuck with. So <laughs> yeah. I just, I had my books and I would try to listen to as many podcasts about it, but there wasn't much. And then it just like has blown up. I mean, it's still not really mainstream, I guess, but like yeah, it's, it's a lot more accessible. There. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but it, it, I, it, it actually, I mean, it really has changed my life. I mean, not like this overnight dramatic thing, but like in all the subtle ways that it can to where, you know, I, I really take care of myself in a way that I didn't before. Cause I had no idea about, you know, a pro- being a projector and non-sacral and all of that. Like I just, you know, living in a state of exhaustion was just 
my normal and I still I still struggle with it you know I mean because of this world that we live in you know it's it is what it is you know um yeah yeah I was I had a really interesting kind of beginning of it I think it started coming into my field in like end of 2016 and I would like I took one look at the chart and I was like what the fuck is this like this is so complicated <laughs> right. like there's no way um and it just kept showing up like it would be like uh-huh. again, Zoe podcast a post mm-hmm. this that da, 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 da. and I was like okay like fine I'll look into this and it wasn't until 2017 when I had broken my ankle and was literally bedridden like I couldn't do anything or go anywhere that I was like fine I'll explore human design. And (laughs) it was really interesting being in like a healing journey while I was taking in this information and starting Mm -hmm. to understand how my energy works as a projector and Mm -hmm. certain things that I require to thrive in the world. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I was coming off of like being in my early 20s, working a career, having a mortgage, going to school part-time, having a side hustle on the side, a social life, a partner, da-da-da-da-da. And like when I was shown the whole non-sacral, sacral dynamic, it it all started to make sense why I was experiencing the levels of burnout and just like Mm -hmm. dissatisfaction with life that I was. Um, So in that way, like it was a really beautiful invitation to actually start to sensitize to myself in Mm -hmm. a different way than I had before. Um, But I I remember the first time I ever learned about projectors and non-sacrals in general, Mm -hmm. but projectors and the rhetoric around, well, you can only work two to four hours a day and you don't have the energy and you can't keep up with the the generators and MGs. It felt so disempowering. And Mm -hmm. I know when I started exploring human design, like you, four or five years ago, where there was limited access to information and most of it was coming from the founder, Mm-hmm. A lot of that information is very disempowering. It's very like one dimensional and just mm-hmm. like the languaging that's used felt really um yeah, it was just absolutely. off. And so I I love how far human design has come since, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean my my journey as a projector, it has taken a while for me to like mature into what projectorhood even means. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to get your take on that and like what it means to you to be a projector, maybe speak into a little bit of like the projector dynamics. Yeah. Um, I mean, initially it was like this huge permission slip for me to just be super lazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I really indulged in that and kind of went into like full, you know, and, but the thing is, is I also am a very energetic person, you know, mm-hmm. when I'm around people and I get so jazzed up. Of course, I have so many open centers. And so mm-hmm. it's like, but wait a minute, but I'm not that I'm not supposed to be just laying around like a lump on a log all day, you know, like mm-hmm. I do have a lot of energy and I, you know, there I am ambitious and there's things I want to do and, you know, whatever. And um, so but so what I've really come to understand is it's about like managing the energy, you know, and mm-hmm. knowing your limitations as a projector. This isn't like, oh, we don't have energy, period, or oh, we can only yeah. work so many hours a day, period. I mean, all that is, it's just, 
yeah, it's disempowering. Absolutely. And, you know, so that's the whole thing is understanding that we actually have access to this energy when we're around other people and we can utilize that, you know, and it can be awesome and we can really thrive in that environment, but just knowing when enough's enough and knowing when it's time to get out of other people's energy and, you know, take that time to rest and have really strong boundaries mm-hmm. um, at the end of the day, because I know it's like when I'm, when I'm done for the day, I'm done and I'm not going to continue to just do, 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 do. I like have very strict boundaries around that because in my past I didn't. And that's why that burnout thing happened. Um, you're freezing up, but can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Perfect. Okay. (laughs) Um, so, and then there's just the sensitivity of projectors, you know, I mean, we are highly sensitive. We are highly tuned into our environment. We're taking in everything around us. And that's another reason why, you know, there is that level of exhaustion that we experience because we're constantly absorbing everything, you know, and Mm -hmm. processing that and reflecting back. And for me, particularly, I have a, you know, the defined crown in mind. So it's like, it doesn't stop. Like it's constantly going, going, going. So there's like the physical and the mental for me that can be very exhausting. Um, but the beauty of being a projector, I mean, it's interesting because I know you did a lot of readings for projectors, so mm-hmm. you probably have way more wisdom about the projector energy than I do. I am like, and always have been surrounded by generators, specifically manifesting generators, and I've only done maybe three readings on projectors, to be honest, maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe four. I don't know. It's very strange how I don't get projectors that come to me. Um, because I'm more of like that reflector, I think for the generators, because I can reflect their energy so much, you know, Mm -hmm. and really just, yeah. Um, so, and I don't have a lot of projector friends, I'll be honest in my life. Like Mm -hmm. it really, (laughs) and some of the ones that I have had that I've been around say in like some of the workplaces, um, I found to be a little annoying because they were definitely in their like not self, you know? Um, yeah. And that the like, desperate needed- to be seen. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, and I'm like, oof, yeah. So been there. <laughs> so been there. And it's really annoying. And I'm like, gosh, I was that person and maybe still can be at times who knows, yeah. but, <laughs> um, so I don't know, but I, I just, uh, I think that it's, it is really difficult to learn that you're a projector and be like, okay, well, how does that work in the world that we live in? You know, that is not designed for our energy. There's not support for our energy. And it's like, we are the ones that have to be responsible for creating that, you know, for ourselves. And it starts with ourselves. And then we lead by example and we set that tone for everyone in our lives. And, you know, it's a ripple effect um, for sure. But it's, yeah, it's, we don't live in that society that is here to, protect and support the projector energy and the projector flow that we have to be in, you know? Um, But I feel like definitely things are changing. I mean, I do see that even just like the workplace culture is very slowly but surely changing. And I really hope to kind of impart a little bit of that as well in what I'm doing right now. Um, And I just feel like kind of wherever I am, you know, I have that open identity center. So I just kind of like it's like a river. I just kind of go with the flow in my life and never know what's going to be around the bend. And it's like, wherever I am at, 
I end up kind of being like one of the only projectors and there's something to that because I bring something to the table that's so special that, you know, people aren't getting from anyone else that's there. You know, it's that perspective and that compassion. And I mean, I think that's really just like me. I don't know that like that's that you can't say that that's like a blanket projector thing, obviously, but there's something to say for the perspective that we have, the way we see the world, the, how sensitive we are and how we can reflect yeah. that back and hold that space for others, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'd really love to hear you speak more about the projector energy. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. It's, I think what's really interesting is like unknowingly until maybe like maybe two years ago, like it's still quite fresh. I didn't realize that I grew up with two projector parents. Oh my god! So there was three projectors in a household and one MG, which is not a usual ratio no, as far no, as things I, go. I wouldn't think it would be. Um, however, my parents both have defined hearts and defined emotional centers. So there was oh, wow. like yeah. a lot yeah. of um, like worthiness dynamics, a lot of emotional mm-hmm. dynamics. My brother's also emotionally defined. So as far as like the projector energy that I was raised in – like there was an intensity and I think this is something that like how the mechanics of projector energy work that creates a little bit more of a delicate uh, interpersonal dance that has to happen between Mm -hmm. projectors as non-sacrals and other non-sacral types is because, and, and I mean, this is open to interpretation as to how each individual is attuned or sensitive to their environment, where they're open, how they Mm -hmm. interpret the world. But because our gift is very much around seeing into things and our energy is very piercing, I often say that like it's like seeing somebody in front of you naked without them giving consent. And so (laughs) energetically for projectors, there's like this intensity around us. And what's really important for projectors to understand is like that can feel really confronting for people who are not prepared to be seen. Mm -hmm. And so I found like, and this is especially true for it's it's like the projector trope. Like all we want in the world is to just be seen and received mm-hmm. by our people. And when we're not seen or received, we feel bitterness. We feel rejected. We feel like we don't belong. And oftentimes that belonging happens when you learn to be boundaried in a healthy way with the intensity of your energy and allow people to come to you. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I found that like with all the projector readings that I've done, it's and it's not like too, too much. Like I definitely am a bit of an MG magnet. I think I would say I've done about 12-ish. Um, okay. But there seems to be this pattern of like I, I don't feel like I fit in until I pull myself back and allow – People, oh, it looks like somebody's joining our our podcast. <laughs> um, this is strange. <laughs> I don't see anybody. Um, there's a guest popping up underneath you, so we'll see what happens. Oh. Um, okay. Hmm. <laughs> um, maybe we're having a party. I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just I found that a lot of the time, until projectors learned how to be a little bit more discerning with their energy. 
mm-hmm. they would bump up to this resistance of like not being received. And and part of that discernment for me is like really learning how to sensitize and honor your own self and your own energy and your own blueprint and your own wisdom and your own gifts and not just give them out to anyone and everyone liberally in order to get something back from it, whether that's recognition, whether that's love, whether that's attention. Um, And so there's this beautiful kind of invitation for projectors to be in this really regal embodied energy as they're engaging with the world around them that basically like creates a little bit of mystery (laughs) with the projector energy and allows us to be a little bit more self-contained as we move through the world. And I know personally, like when I stopped trying to force myself on people, (laughs) yeah, that's when I started to be more well-received and – I mean, there's definitely still dynamics and like I think this is especially true when you have like open heart and you like really need to feel or feel like you need to prove your worth and um, like that open identity center where you're really trying to like connect with what feels like you and if somebody feels really resonant to you, you're just like, I want to be in your world. I want to have your attention. I want to be in your energy. I want to experience this. Um But when projectors can like sensitize to all of those parts of themselves that are wanting from someone else and can start to nourish that within themselves, there's this like irresistible, mysterious allure to the projector energy that I have not experienced in any other type. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that take. And it's so true. And it takes time to get to that place where you do, you have that restraint and control and you don't feel that pressure mm-hmm. to be seen or to be heard um, or to put your two cents about everything, you know? I mean, to that has been a big thing for me. I mean, and I learned that right out the gate about being a projector and it was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can totally look back on my life and see that, you know, and yeah. see how that's just been so yeah, and it's a and not to mention it's such a waste of our energy because our energy is mm-hmm. precious, you know. Yeah. And you know, going back to like ha- having that access to other people's sacral into their energy, it's like when those relationships are healthy and you're being recognized, that exchange is there, and you always mm-hmm. have access to it, you know, until it's not, you know. And then that's when yeah. you have to step away from it and recognize that you know, I'm, this is not healthy for me anymore because especially like if you have an open spleen, for instance, and you're just hanging on to those things or those people that aren't healthy for you mm-hmm. out of fear. Longer. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, yeah. The mystery. I love that. I mean, as a one three, it's like, I mean, I really am like here to share in the moment, you know, kind of thing. I mean, this is what's going on. Um, but there's definitely something to be said for that. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, maybe this is my like two line speaking where like uh-huh. I really love to be in my own energy. And yeah. I've found even like more so in the last year that I tend to get like touched out and attentioned out a lot faster. 
as I've started to really enjoy my own company more, which I think mm-hmm. is really important for projectors oh, yeah. and non-sacrals in general, manifestors, reflectors, to really get comfortable in your own energy and with your own field and what you feel like when you're alone Mm -hmm. (laughs) so that you can really start to familiarize yourself with like what – who am I? What do I feel like? What is my blueprint? What are my um, perspectives? How do I feel the world when I'm not being influenced by anything? And that's one of the most powerful like – ways to orient yourself in the world being a non-sacral because Mm -hmm. if you're constantly being inundated by something outside of you and I mean I I don't know if you can relate to this but the sacral hangover is real like Mm -hmm. (laughs) whenever I'm like in a room with generators or have spent a lot of time with MGs or generators like I feel it like I it feels like I've been like hit by a bus sometimes where it's just like too much energy happening um but until you know what your like homeostasis is Mm -hmm. it's going to be really hard for you to start actually embodying and integrating the nuanced gifts in your template yeah and that's one of the things that was so important to me in understanding my energy and having to set those boundaries and I mean I am very I entertain myself very easily I love being alone I'm can be a little bit of a homebody hermit that's just like you know, I love people, but I also don't, you know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's, uh, I mean, my kids can attest to that, you know, I mean, it's so, I am definitely tuned in to like what it's like to just be alone and it's true. And, and it's so crucial to our health to have, to have that. And non-sacrals that don't have that, that don't understand that they like have to set those boundaries. Mm -hmm. They have to be in their own energy and again, always suggesting sleep by yourself as much as you can. Ugh. Like it's so, uh, so That good. has been the best <laughs> thing I have ever done for my relationship. Yeah. We haven't slept in the same bed in years. Oh my gosh. Like years. <laughs> it's, it's been so amazing. Important. I think it's huge. Um, yeah. Gosh, I mean, and it benefits everyone because even if you don't have a – if you have a defined sacral, you could have all kinds of other things going on that, mm-hmm. like, you're absorbing. I mean, just to be in our own energy and get that, you know, true rest, you know. And it's like yeah. – it's um, it's huge. And, um, uh, yeah, it's important. Absolutely. And, I mean, I yeah, I'm around – sacral energy all the time and you know I have a manifestor child but he has everything defined except his sacral and his identity center everything else is defined and then my daughter is a generator she has everything defined except her crown so there's a lot of energy between Mm -hmm. the two of them in this house Um, not to mention all the other kids that are in this house all the time and um, you know I just I really, really value my alone time. And it's very, very important. And the nature element too is really, really important too, I think. I mean, just that sensitivity. I mean, for me living in a city, um, just to be able to literally just sit in the grass and do nothing, you know, like all day, you know, Mm -hmm. on a beautiful day right now, I can't because it's like 110 degrees and it's like literally melting outside. (laughs) So, and I'm starved for that as a result, because that is really, truly my, my healer. That's my, you know, way of dumping out, if you will, if you will, um, at the end of the day is to just go sit outside like barefoot for as long as I can 
you know, um, or a bath, you know, that really restores me and kind of brings me back into that homeostasis, like you say, and then kind of just, whew, you know, um, yeah, that's the biggest thing. I think non-sacrals is having those boundaries for sure. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's radical self-care. It's like priority number one. Oh, a hundred percent. Um, there's something that I want, I feel like kind of inspired to riff on with you because I know, I mean, this is just, this is what happens when something gets taken up by the collective and kind of spreads like wildfire. But Mm -hmm. I would love to go through each type with you and just kind of unpack some of the, mm, I guess, the common rhetoric around the types and then maybe just speak to like what we've observed in like human design in the wild and what we feel is maybe a reframe (laughs) or a refinement of how how that's being served up um so yeah I I think I want to start with generators and then mgs and then we'll go through manifestor projector reflector cool yeah we can't talk (laughs) about projectors the whole time I know know. not fair right (laughs) I am a little biased but (laughs) Um, yeah. I mean, I personally love pure generators. They're just like a joy. Um, but when they're not in their joy, oof, they are mm-hmm. not fun to be around. <laughs> no. God, it's rough. When they're down and like just uninspired and it's just so heavy. It's yeah. so heavy. And I'm so sensitive to it. Obviously, it affects me big time. So um, it's really important that they understand, um, you know, They've got to follow what excites them in the world, what brings them joy, what lights them up. It's so, so, so important, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Uh, oh, I, I think know, another some... one for generators. Yeah. This like made me livid when I first read this. I can't even remember if it was like the textbook um, or it was just somewhere on like Jovian Archive. But I remember – seeing generators referred to as the worker bees. Oh, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I was like, fucking excuse me? Like, yeah. what is this, a slave system? Like, I don't yeah. think so. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, and so <laughs> I think one of the things that I unpack the most with generators and MGs mm-hmm. is like, just because you can, i.e. you have the energy, it doesn't mm-hmm. mean you should. Right. And – Although you have the energy, it does not mean that you need to be like a slave to other people's whims or desires. Mm -hmm. Your energy is like this sacred like bank vault of resource Mm -hmm. and it's like this is your life force. So you need to be the one who learns how to discern what you plug it into to bring life into things around Mm -hmm. you and when you choose to withhold – and honor your energetic capacity. And I think a lot of the time when generators hear like, oh, we have sacral, we have replenishable energy, we have a lot of energy, there's this idea that like, well, generators and MGs just don't really need to rest that much. Oh, God, yeah. Not true. Yeah. Not, Not true. <laughs> even close. I mean, the thing is, is like eh. – the energy comes from when the sacral's lit up. And the sacral mm-hmm. only really gets lit up when they're responding to something that they're excited about, right? Yeah. And then they have access to that energy. That sacral is not always lit up. And I mean, mm-hmm. obviously they wake up with a full tank. They've got the energy. They want to use it for something. But if it's not directed in something that is in alignment with their sacral truth, if you will, 
then they're just, they're going to be exhausted. And there are so many generators out there that are in a state of overwhelm and exhaustion and burnout, just like projectors, total depletion, because they are overdoing it as well, because they're not tuning that sacral into what is in alignment with their truth, what's really true for them, that Mm -hmm. is going to bring them that, that pure energy, you know, that they will have access to, you know, and otherwise, yeah, and a lot of them aren't, they are, they are, well, I think the self-worth thing is really derived from what they can do. And that's something I always Mm -hmm. feel is the thing with generators. Therefore, it's not having boundaries around saying no to people in their lives for so many myriad reasons, right? That's dependent on the individual, but it's like not having that boundary. And it's like trying to empower them to really take a look at their lives and really take inventory of where they're putting their energy, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's, it's complex. And I know that that's, that's very personal and that's hard, but like just, and, and then I think also too, like, bringing in more of what they love as opposed to taking everything out that could be a little more easy of a transition because it's like as they're bringing in more things that they love doing whether it's just little things you know that can bring them that joy that can light them up that can fire up that sacral that's going to bring new life you know and that's like maybe can give them a little bit more um the ability to be able to set those boundaries with things that, and they can feel that difference, you know, of like how their energy feels, you know? Mm-hmm. One of my favorite things to observe in a generator, my boyfriend is going to feel so called out. Um, yeah. He's like the ultimate culprit, but your like sacral response is so innate and you are constantly mm-hmm. responding all day in every moment. Mm-hmm. And it can be like the more, you learn to attune to what that feels like and looks like in your body and just like what physical cues or mental cues or energetic sensations arise in you, the better. And something that I love observing is, and this is especially true for generator joy, it's like infectious and the cutest thing in the world. But Mm -hmm. if my partner's like hungry and he's been like waiting all day to eat dinner and then he gets something that's like really satisfying, he'll just Mm. start unconsciously like dancing and grooving and bopping and moving around. And I'm just like, are you happy? (laughs) Like what's going on over there? (laughs) Um, But I just, I love like watching that almost like instinctual just like emanation of joy that happens when they've like found the thing or how like innately they'll do something like oh I like I feel inclined to cross the street right now because there's something over there that's like calling my attention and then he ends up like seeing like a bird that he's excited about or like it's just (laughs) it's so it's the cutest thing in the world and I love it and I just like for those of you who are generators or have generator partners or friends or family, this is one of the most important cues to pay attention to, especially if you are like in the company of a generator and you want to support them. Notice what they're doing or what environments they're in or what things create that response of like being lit up and in their joy and Mm -hmm. offer more of that to them because the more sparkly and happy and excited they are, the better your life is going to be too. 100%. (laughs) Yeah, they really like affect the room big time. Yeah. You know, it's a, like I said, when they're down, it's it's not great. But when they're up, I mean, it lifts everyone up around them. It's so awesome. And um, it's like a thing. I mean, you see it on their body, you know, mm-hmm. you can tell like, 
you know, like it immediately their body will shift, whether if it's something they're not excited about, it's just like the, uh, you know, that you just see, yeah. it, you know, I mean, so pay attention to those body cues because they, they do not lie. They could be saying one thing, but their body's doing another thing. And that's yep. what you have to be paying attention to. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. I want to get into MGs. I have, I have really struggled with MGs. Um, in what in way? Past. I just found initially before I really understood the dynamic, I'm a person that if I like say I'm going to do something or be somewhere, I'm like, mm-hmm, I will be there like with bells on. Mm-hmm. And it took me a little while to acclimate to the needs of MGs around mm-hmm. having spaciousness and flexibility to mm-hmm. move where their energy is calling them and not see them as flighty uh-huh. or non-committal. Um, and now that's actually something that I really appreciate about MGs uh-huh. is how like dynamic and alive and movable they are. And it took me a while to reframe that and not take it personally. And I mean, especially as a projector, if somebody's like, actually, no, I'm canceling plans. You uh-huh. can be like, what? What do you mean? <laughs> um, so yeah, now that's like one of my favorite things in the world to just see how much capacity MGs have for life and how many plates they can hold and how quickly they're able to um, experience a myriad of things in the world with just Mm -hmm. such like life and zest. (laughs) They're so inspiring to me. I'm just in awe. I'm just like, wow, look, look at them doing all the things they're doing. I mean, what they can get done in a day's time or just in the morning, you know what I mean? It's crazy. Like, um, and I love that you're speaking on that because this is something that I really hold space for with my girlfriends that, um, I spend the most time with here in Dallas. Mm -hmm. One of them actually just moved to Colorado and I'm really sad, but Mm. anyways, um, (laughs) they're both manifesting generators and I work with manifesting generator women. Um, and, um, me being able to give them that grace to, you know, whether it's us checking in the day of when we've made plans, how's everyone feeling, you know, what's going on. And then if someone is like cancels plans at the last minute, no one's feelings are going to get hurt. We've got that kind of set as like, this is, you know, the understanding that we have and, you know, I don't hold them to anything at all. Like, you know, it's, you know, you can be spontaneous. I love being spontaneous because I'm very much depends on how I feel that day. I mean, my energy ebbs and flows. Sometimes it's there, sometimes it's not. And so because I really need that, I can really hold that space for them as well. And I know how important that is. And like giving them that grace has been so huge for them because yeah, I'm sure most of their relationships they've had, people would perceive them as being flaky and like unreliable. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, and that's actually like, not even the case because they're some of the most, I mean, the, these women are women that I depend on so much for so many different things in my life and that will always be there for me and always show up for me. Mm-hmm. So it's not even about that. It's just about like honoring where their energy is at or like what if they've gotten distracted by something that they're really into that day that their sacral's lit up about. Like I want them to be able to spend their energy doing that thing, you know, yeah. or maybe they've just gone too hard that week and they're also just really tired. They need to rest or whatever. But I mean, when they are held down by anything in the future, it just, it bogs them down so much. They really need to be like day to day, like, 
you know, how do I feel, you know, and be able to pivot, you know, I mean, I feel like being able to see MGs for who they are and to give them that permission has been so life giving to them because it is, it must be so hard for everyone in your life, especially like the old paradigm you know, perspective of like your families yeah. who are like, oh, these there's expectations. My... Right. I mean, yeah. like they're supposed <laughs> to live this very linear path and like that's absolutely not the way their lives, they're not, they're not meant to be in this world, you know? Yeah. And like, it doesn't make sense in the moment, but it does over time because you have this like toolbox of all of these things that you have experimented with or learned or mastered all these resources that you have. And like, it's just, yeah, they're just so dynamic and it's just, uh, like I said, I'm just in awe of them and they really inspire me, you know, but they are a lot, they're a lot, like I'm drained by it as well, you know, like yeah. oh, after in being light in of presence, that, yeah. I was just going to say in light of that, to ha- if, if any MGs are listening to this and hearing from a projector's perspective, how triggering <laughs> your like allotness is, um, yeah you do not have to slow down for anybody. And I think this is something that MGs often feel a little bit conflicted around is like, okay, well, like, and then there's all these people that I care about that I obviously don't want to disappoint. And Mm -hmm. I think what's really important, and this can apply to generators in a, a certain degree as well, but like there is no expectation or obligation for you to, um, completely reorient yourself, your energy, your life to accommodate for someone else's capacity if it's less than yours. Mm-hmm. And like – Right, right, yeah. Obviously doing so in a respectful and kind and compassionate way. <laughs> Communication is very important. But um, yeah, like if you, if you know you're somebody as an MG who can go a mile a minute and do a lot of things in a day or have the capacity to hold a lot of things um, – don't expect yourself to like fit into a lesser capacity, like hold all that you're excited to hold unapologetically because people seeing you do that is like so inspiring, so permission giving. Mm -hmm. It's like, I'm like always in awe, like you said, of just like how much an MG can hold. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they feel bitter. Sometimes they feel jealous. Sometimes they feel resentful (laughs) of like how Mm -hmm. quickly they're moving through the world. Um, And I feel like this is one of the biggest projector wounds. So I feel like this is why I kind of play off the MGs this way where like, especially as an energy projector in my not self, I'm trying to act like an MG the most. Um, Where it's like really (laughs) pokey and triggering to see Mm -hmm. this person just like shining and holding all the things that I want to hold and have capacity for. Um, Yeah, just recognizing that like other people are going to have their experience of you and although you can have open lines of communication and try to create connective tissue between your relationship, um, there is never an appropriate time to water yourself down. (laughs) So I a hundred percent. I mean, that's definitely the way I try to hold my, hold space for my MG girlfriends. Like, especially the ones that are still trying to come into their personal power and Mm -hmm. like, you don't have to dim your light for anybody. Yeah. If people around you, if there's people in your life that they feel like you're too much, then they're not your people. Those aren't the people that like, you know, like just let that be the sign that, you know, you need to be around people that can lift you up and encourage you to be the brightest star that you're supposed to be and to show up in the world 
the way you're supposed to be. And it is, I mean, that this is also manifestor energy. And I think it gets missed a lot of times that MGs need to realize, like study up on manifestor energy because you are also manifestor, you know, and that is to be the most biggest and powerful version of yourself unapologetically in this world. I mean, that's manifestor energy, Mm -hmm. you know, and that is also part of your dynamic and what you're here to embody, you know? So yeah. I love that you brought that in. Um, Yeah. One of my favorite things to speak to as well is like because of that manifestor energy, there's like this tinge to the way you're meant to work with energy of being an initiator. And although Mm -hmm. you're still playing by the generator rules of responding with your energy, with your sacral, and of course, if you're emotional, vetting that through your emotional (laughs) neutrality. Um, But there is – there's like that part of you that is required to be initiating yourself into life. And I know – I've like I've had a a coach that's a MG and we've had this conversation a couple of times where um, I've spoken to how I really like to cultivate depth and mastery with the things that I'm sharing in my business and my work. And that works for me. Whereas she's like, okay, I have this course and this topic and this and that and this transmission mm-hmm. and that transmission. And we've had this conversation a couple of times where it's been like um, just just noticing the difference between how we operate. And she would sometimes express this feeling of like, oh, like I hope it doesn't seem too like – Um, like I'm watering anything down or like I'm just like doing too many things and it's like distracting and I'm like, no, like if you're enlivened by something and you feel really called to explore and experience it, you have a faster metabolism of the world around you as you engage with things and put your energy into something. When you're ready to pull out and move into the next one, that's like Mm -hmm. organic for you that you've Mm -hmm. taken what you needed from that experience and you're ready to like, okay, I'm packaging it up, putting it on the shelf and I'm moving into the next thing. And so there's this kind of element of like you're initiating yourself and becoming this really brilliant like jack of all trades and there's Mm -hmm. nothing wrong with that. Nothing. <laughs> Absolutely. Nothing wrong with it at all. Um, but the conditioning is so real, um, you know, in our society um, that there is a lot of things wrong with that. And mm-hmm. um, that's why it's so empowering to be able to uh, do readings for MGs or for mm-hmm. them just to understand, you know, from whatever resource they gather, their their energy. I mean, but um, yeah. <laughs> love my love my MGs, but yeah, they're exhausting. My last couple of relationships, <laughs> my ex husband, all MGs, and it's just like it's exhausting. It mm-hmm. is, yeah, yeah. As a projector, yeah. I think learning how to cohabit as a sacral mm-hmm. and non sacral is really important. And mm-hmm. I think one of the things that comes up the most in my readings too is like this is ubiquitous for generators and MGs, where they'll like not use up their energy at the end of the day and then just be this like irritating, like can't sit still, right, has right. their like fifth, sixth, seventh wind at the end of the day and is just like has bees in their bonnet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I think as a generator and MG, like you, you're designed to at the end of the day be hitting the pillow so satisfied and spent. Right. And if that's not the case, 
what's happening is you're basically trapping that sacral energy in your body like lightning in a bottle. And if that's like a chronic occurrence for you, that energy is going to have to go somewhere. And so oftentimes when generators or MGs start to experience like physical ailments or mental health issues, look first to like, are you actually using up your energy in a healthy way for you? If you're trapping energy in your body, you need to find an outlet where at the end of the day, you can do the like last minute emptying of the tank so that you're falling asleep and able to like actually rest and replenish yourself. You're not having all of this excess energy bouncing around. Yeah. I know. It seems to me that physical movement is really, really important for them. Mm-hmm. Um you know, it, it's for everybody, but it's it's different. You know, it's like for me as a projector, physical movement is more about like the stretching and moving the energy, you know, out of the body that the collected energy for them. It's like they need a little bit more of an intense kind of bodily movement. Mm-hmm. They need to like actually exert themselves in a way that is, you know, I think it really helps them sleep and it's really important, especially when they have a lot of definition in their chart. Like if they've yeah. got a defined root, I mean, it's, yeah, mm-hmm. there's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's that's a good like last hot tip to leave it for generators and MGs. Yeah. Um, I want to get into manifestors. And one of the things that I remember reading when I first started learning about MGs, I think this is even true um, in, in the, the textbook, where their aura is called repelling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I'm just this like repellent, repugnant, bleh, nobody uh-huh. wants to be around me. I can't have intimate relationships is a thing that comes up with a lot of my manifestor clients where they're like, oh, okay, really? well, like, how do I establish like intimacy and closeness with people when I'm constantly in this energetic push-pull with my field where like I'm either like, nope, or I'm kind of commanding the space and other people are not enjoying that dynamic. And I, the one way that I've kind of reframed this over the years is like it's less repellent and more you're very self-contained and you have a built-in discernment system in your field, in your aura, where you know whether something is or isn't for you by how you feel and where you're excited to move yourself and what you're excited to initiate. And also because of that self-containment, you kind of have this effect of like people will bounce off of you if they're not meant to be in your field. So you're filtering Mm -hmm. your environment, you're filtering right relationships through your field and the people that are repelled by you, like that's good. You're supposed to be polarizing because Mm -hmm. you, in your power, are designed to magnetize the exact people, opportunities, circumstances that are going to amplify your vision, Mm -hmm. not take you out of it. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And be in that. That's why it's so important, again, like with manifestors to be so unapologetic, like Mm -hmm. literally just show up. Mm -hmm. Show up big, show up loud, whatever. You don't have to be loud, but like just show up in your most authentic self unapologetically because, yeah, there are going to be some people that just aren't – they're yeah, they're not going to get it. I mean, believe me, Mm -hmm. I've interacted 
with people that I later found out were manifestors when I first met them. And there was just like a weird resistance between Mm -hmm. me and them. Like there was, (laughs) I could feel, you know, and later I come to find out, I look up their chart and I'm like, oh, they're a manifester. That's why I felt this weird energy with them. And it was like, Almost I like couldn't stand quite, offish. Yeah. I couldn't break yeah. through to them. I couldn't get a sense for like who they were or what was going on. There felt like there was a little bit of a wall. It just kind of felt off-putting to me. It's really kind of hard to understand, to describe it. And then you're like, oh, they're just, they're a manifester. Like there has to be like that trust that's built. And like, mm-hmm. I think that they need to feel secure that they can be who they are and know that yeah. it's safe, you yeah. know, to really show up. Because, I mean, we're talking about manifestors that have grown up in a world that they didn't know they were manifestors. I have the opportunity to raise a manifestor. So it's it's beautiful, you know, with the mm-hmm. knowledge that I have. But, you know, there are a lot of manifestors out there that have no idea how to really show up and be exactly who they are because they're here to lead by that their individuality and their mm-hmm. impact is so huge. You yeah. know, it's massive. It's meant to be massive and it doesn't have to be like this loud thing, but like there is an impact that creates this ripple effect and yeah. they have to be in their power. Otherwise, yeah, we, we can talk about the not self there, but yeah, that, that is very, um, <laughs> okay. That's, it's, it's very anger. Just, yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> oh yeah. It's Blind anger. rage. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, For sure. Yeah. The freedom that they need is like next level. And I mean, I think it's really important to talk about human design with regard to children and like parents that are into human Mm -hmm. design, like get into it with your kids and start understanding their energy and what they need to be supported and having a manifest your child and being able to really just give them so much freedom. And it's like, you know, you still have to like you can't just let them, you know, totally have free reign of everything because, you know, they're, they're children, but there is a, a level of freedom that they need that it's, it's really hard to understand mm-hmm. what that need is deep within them to have that. And they will figure it out. Like, I mean, my son is like incredible, like, and he's just doing him, you know, like, mm-hmm. I really don't feel like I have a whole lot to do with what is going on in his life and who he is because I just am so hands off with it, you know, and I do everything I can to try to support his energy um, and what he needs in terms of having that freedom just, and, and he innately knows when he's had enough, like he Mm -hmm. is so tuned in, like he has such mad boundaries. Like he knows when it's time for him to go to sleep. I mean, he's been putting himself to sleep at like 10 o'clock for years. Like he knows when it's time and he knows when he's, been around people for too long and he needs to be alone or he's been out in the world for too long and he just wants to come back home and be in his creative genius and just go off, you know? I mean, it's crazy how me being able to just let him be who he is, he already can sensitize to what his needs are as opposed to me controlling everything, you know? Well, and I think when a manifester is empowered to trust their self-authority, and like mm-hmm. have agency over themselves, which is what they're mm-hmm. designed to do. They're designed to be very in their leadership and visionary and like mm-hmm. they're um, – oh my gosh, why can't I remember? <laughs> uh, authority, not authority. Their strategy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Informing. I'm like, okay, I have really haven't been around human design in a while. Um, <laughs> their strategy of informing is a really important mm-hmm. – piece to that and I think like 
teaching manifestors through the way that you interact with them or empowering them to learn, informing or their unique way of communicating is really important because when a manifestor is having a moment and their or their urge where they feel like, okay, like cancel life, I need to do this thing. Like mm-hmm. I am available for oh, this and only this, yeah. get out of my way. Um, yeah. <laughs> it can feel really confronting and like irritating and confusing for the people around them to yeah. be like, wait a second, what? You're just dropping everything? Like, I why? Um, the <laughs> informing piece is so important so that totally. they can accurately and clearly communicate. And informing is not meant to be a question. It's not asking permission. Right. And it's also not meant to be like a barking of orders. It's like a very Mm -hmm. self-contained, this is what I need. I'm going to give myself this time or space or freedom or autonomy to do this thing that I need. I'll check in with you later. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't need to be this big conversation. It doesn't need to be this permission dance. Um, And when the people around manifestors can learn to respect the, the cadence of their energetic push pulls and and give them the autonomy to declare what they need and be really boundaried there's i think their signature is peace right there so much peace gets to be experienced because everyone knows where they stand Mm -hmm. and the manifester has the responsibility to like really learn how to engage in that setting the tone energy Mm-hmm. Yeah. And understanding that like they also need a lot of support in terms of them needing to rest when they have those down times. And mm-hmm. I mean, that, um, you know, the flow at which their energy comes and is there and isn't there. I mean, that can look different from day to day, week to week, whatever, but it's like, they can come off as like, obviously with a lot of, a lot of creative energy, they can they can also get a lot done in a short mm-hmm. amount of time and they are hyper focused. And when you try to yeah. interrupt them, <laughs> they can get so it's not good. <laughs> no, it's thank not you. Good. Don't fuck with them. Yeah. Don't, poke them the be. Yeah, don't poke the bear. And let them be. But then likewise, they like it's after that. I mean, they need a lot of downtime and a lot because they've mm-hmm. just expended so much. Yeah. And again, we don't live in a world that gets that. Right. So there's that expectation. Well, you have so much energy. Right. But no, not all the time, you know, Mm -hmm. and they really have to have boundaries around that and know their limitations as well. Um, Yeah, it's a having a manifest your child. That's a whole that's a whole other thing, too. I mean, because a lot of parents, (laughs) if you're like a helicopter parent, that's going to be rough. It's going to be real rough, but you're going to like break their spirit if you try to control them, you yeah. know, and that's like the saddest thing because they're here to have a massive impact in the world and in and, and, and their own way, of course, but they're, that's, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. I found too, like manifestor energy is palpable. Like you may not be able mm-hmm. to put your finger on it immediately, but you'll know, like you'll feel when a manifestor is in the room, just like oh, yeah. things kind of shift a little. And Mm -hmm. this is something that I've had conversations with every single one of my manifestor clients where they speak to the middle school experience of like the power struggle, the power dynamics that happen where they have this innate presence about them. There's Mm -hmm. just this like, and it's part of that repellent aspect, that filtration system in their aura 
that is designed to uphold a standard. Mm. And Mm. when other people feel that presence, there can be a a multitude of responses. One can be, okay, I see you. I'm going to compete. The other is going to be, I'm going to control you. I don't feel safe or comfortable with you holding that much power in this Mm -hmm. situation. So how am I going to water you down? Or how am I going to create a dynamic where you feel like you need to like become smaller? And one of the biggest things that I'm finding my manifester friends, clients, people in my life having to relearn is how to fully like embody their presence yeah. And be like you said earlier, be really unapologetic and it doesn't necessarily mean being in your face, but mm-hmm. can you be really poised and anchored and secure and sovereign in how powerful your field even just feels for people around you mm-hmm. without having to do anything. Yeah. And it it's interesting because we have to also consider the fact that some manifestors aren't like this kind of loud, gregarious mm-hmm. personality type, right? They but can they'll be, still be felt. <laughs> but that energy yeah. will still be there, right? And it's like, what's going on there, you know, the, mm-hmm. in terms of how other people are perceiving them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, there was a thought I had about what you were <clears> saying, but anyways. Um, well, yeah. yeah. Anyways, on that note, uh what do we got next? Reflectors? Proje- well, let's do reflectors and then we'll end yeah. on projectors because we've we've danced with projector energy for a lot of this yeah. episode. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I want you to riff on this. I've never personally like done a reflector reading. I yeah. only know of one or two reflectors and I've never actually been in reflector energy, which I'm so excited when I like actually get to engage with my first reflector. They're just – they feel really magical. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Um, So I've done one reading for a reflector, and I recently came to find out that my sister-in-law is a reflector. And it's funny because she just so happened to meet a neighbor that does readings, human design readings. And so they found out, you know, everyone's, you know, they have two little kids, my brother, he's an MG, and she's a reflector. And I would have guessed, funny enough, that she was an MG. Why? Mm. Because she's a fucking reflector and she's around my brother all the time um so I just yeah I just assumed I you know you know you never know for sure but I kind of had a feeling oh I, I would I would think Gigi's an MG a generator at least you know but I was getting that MG vibe but you know she's actually a reflector and I just think that's so wild um to me and I I really have to unpack that a little bit more upon knowing her all these years but um I definitely, I mean, I totally get that reflector energy, just having the, you know, undefined identity center in some respects, of course, but Mm -hmm. so I can really, I can understand the importance of the environment and how impactful that is and the waiting to make decisions over time to experience so many different things that you need to experience to be able to, to reflect on what it is you need to do. Um, And them just being okay with, you know, having that more chameleon style of dipping into certain energy fields of people, trying that on for a while, mm-hmm. being able to shift friend groups and have a lot of people that, you know, I mean, it's, it's, I have so many random friends throughout my life. And I think that's very much that, and I, an undefined identity center, 
it's just, you're kind of just like going through life in a very, it's very like of this flow that you have to be in constantly and trusting that flow. And, you know, I don't know, it's, it's very mysterious to me, the reflector energy, because like you have never actually, I don't know anyone besides my sister-in-law, but I don't, I don't spend a lot of time with her. They don't live here. I don't see them very often. They travel a lot. So I'd really just love to like have a conversation with her about that and Mm -hmm. really get her feedback, you know? Um, But really all I know from just like the reading that I did is there's just a lot of, I think, reflectors feeling really misunderstood in the world and like where they fit in the world, you know, very much in the same vein as like a projector where it's like, we can feel a little alien to the world, you Mm -hmm. know, and giving themselves that permission to be able to shift in their identity, being able to give themselves permission to rest when they need to with reflectors. It's like they're meant to be in this like awe and surprise and delight, very childlike, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's also likewise, it's a huge responsibility to be that person that is here to be a literal reflector of their environment and of other people and having integrity with that and you yourself being kind of a clean conduit you know, instead of attaching, because they can very much attach to the things that are in their environment, you know, that aren't healthy for them. That's a big thing. I think I feel like with reflectors. Um, yeah, I don't this know. is one of the things I, I know, we kind of mentioned it a little bit when we were talking about projectors um, at the beginning, but this is like the importance of knowing what your homeostasis feels like when you are not in the presence of any other energies is like that much more important for reflectors because they are the energetic and environmental qualifiers. Mm-hmm. Like you will be able to see tangibly or feel subtly the quality and caliber and standard of the environment of people that you're around through a reflector and how mm-hmm. – vital and vibrant and well and safe they feel and I think that's such an important role and projectors and and anybody where they have non-definition right like this is where you get to qualify Mm -hmm. your environment and qualify the energy around you and we all can practice this process individually regardless of what type we are but the fact that they have entirely open systems and they're able to just interface and weave themselves into the world in such a unique way gives them this really individualized vantage point of like what what does the tone and texture of this feel like in my body and then what am I going to do with it? How am I going to assimilate it? And there's a lot of power in that assimilation process of like, okay, like I've qualified this energy. I'm getting an understanding or a read or a sense of what's happening here and then still honoring your agency to engage with it in a way that feels good for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the experiential wisdom that's gained from having so much openness is like massive, you Mm -hmm. know, and it's huge it's so huge for them to have healthy environments they've got to be able to be like okay peace out like this is not healthy for me whether it's a relationship job home whatever Mm -hmm. you know and 
because that is what you're engaging with. You're literally, you're, you're the sponge of that environment, of that relationship, whatever it is. And, you know, you are that barometer for everyone around you as to the health of what is going on, you know, and being that kind of sage, you know, over, I feel like a lifetime. I mean, it would be so cool to be able to talk to someone and pick their brain. It's lived a really long life that is a reflector and the wisdom that they may have gained from all of that openness, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's incredible. And yeah, they're definitely the uh, the unicorns of mm-hmm. human design for sure. I mean, you and I are, are to attest to that. We don't really even know any. I know. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like there's a few people in my network that I know mm-hmm. that they are reflectors. But again, I've not really spent any significant amount of time. So here's a call to anybody in the audience. If you're a reflector, yeah. <laughs> reach out. We want to know you. Um, and just like get a sense for, for what you feel like. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah. Oh my gosh. I feel like there's a million things that I want to get into, but we're already at an hour and a quarter. Um, We're going to have to have another conversation because there's a whole layer of like variable that I want to get into with you and profile that I want to get into with you. Um, But I think now is a good time to wrap it up because we've kind of touched on every type. Um, Yeah. Is there anything you feel pertinent to share on anything regarding um (laughs) yeah I mean I think if you're new getting into human design it's like really important to just be really discerning about the information that you're absorbing or consuming um and you know again if anything feels disempowering if anything is making you feel small if something is like, ooh, that doesn't sit well with me, there's a reason that you're feeling that mm-hmm. and maybe take a step back from that. It could be the source. It could be just that's just, that aspect isn't for you, whatever. Yeah. But, you know, we always have to be really discerning and careful of any kind of systems or ideologies of any kind um, that can actually take us from our power. And that's That is why it's so important to have readers with integrity out there or people that are, I don't know, creating literature, information, and putting it out there in the world for them to have that integrity because that is the whole point of it is to empower you in your individuality and to Mm -hmm. know thyself and have boundaries about around – I feel like we've said that word a thousand times (laughs) in this podcast. Oh, my gosh. Um, Yeah. But just really be careful of like where they're sourcing their information and know that you are truly your own source of knowing and that is the most sure thing you can ever have and to honor that, honor that inner knowing above all else when it comes to these kinds of systems and whatnot. Um, We have to take these things sometimes with a grain of salt and play with it. You know, like you said earlier, you love that it's the experiment because it really is. It is not dogmatic. It is not to be something that puts you in a box at all. And if it ever feels that way, then something's off. Something's amiss there and you need to examine that, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, I just, I, I'm just have such a curious mind. And so for me, I'm just always looking through the lens of human design and it's such an evolving thing for me, you know? Mm-hmm. It really is a living, evolving, breathing kind of system, and it's so personal, and no one can tell you 
what you are, who you are, what you're supposed to do. Only you can know that for yourself, you know? Yeah. One of the things that I often bring into the conclusion of any of the readings that I offer are to like the best way to integrate and start to embody your design is to actually just like put down the chart and go live and go exist in the world and just observe yourself and observe your patterns and just, just play with what, what feels organic, what feels natural to you as you start to implement things like your type, your strategy, your authority. Those are honestly like, if you want to start experimenting with human design, that's all you need to start really like experiencing more of your chart, more of your design in the real world. It's like, can you can you play with what it feels like to be your design type? Can you play with what it feels like to make decisions based on your strategy and authority? And how does that feel? And how does that calibrate the world around you? And the more you're just in the experience, the more naturally all of the other elements of your chart are just going to start happening as a byproduct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. People go so hard into – like people are voracious. They want to learn like all of the things and they want to get deep into the chart. And I'm like, okay, but how long have you even been like living as your energy type and like what what has that process been like? Mm -hmm. You know, that's all fine and great to know what your best environment is and the color and the whatever, all that, all that stuff. Right. Cool. But like, where are you at in your experiment? And what is that, what has that been like for you? Because it's like, you're piling on so much when, if the basic foundation of this system isn't integrated, none of that's going to matter anyways, you Mm -hmm. know? I mean, yeah. And it is so complex and it does take a really long time and people just have to be patient with that and, you know, learn that it is, I love how you use, you know, human design in the wild, you know, I mean, that's really, truly so much of how I've learned Mm -hmm. about this system. You know, yes, I've read all the things and done a reader training, whatever, but really it's through my experiential experience of living it, observing it, witnessing it. um, And this is how I've really come. I mean, it's, I will see things happening and I'm thinking in my brain, okay, I wonder if they have blah, 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 or whatever. That's why I love doing like the celebrity charts because I'll be like, oh, I know that they're a blah, blah, blah. And I know they have this and I go and look and yeah, sure, shit, they do. And it's just so fun to be able to see it actually play out and like what that actually looks like, you know, and it's a whole nother level of understanding that is um, beyond anything that like a book can tell you about this system, Mm -hmm. you know? Ah. Like, honestly, the most profound levels of mastery and wisdom with human design and my chart in particular has come in the last year where I've actually, like, put the system down. I have not done readings. I have not been integrated into it. I haven't been reading. I haven't been taking in podcasts. I've just been in a very practical observation and implementation of what I already know Mm -hmm. and the like it's just kind of been miraculous just getting to watch and create connective tissue between certain patterns 
in charts that I know of and seeing them play out and seeing all of the different textures and like, okay, well, this happens, but what about when the person has this defined and they've got that Mm -hmm. thing? Um, It's always going to be different. So yeah, there's just, there's so much, so much more to be experienced like I say, like in the wild with it rather than just, I always say like, rather than just like mentally masturbating with the concepts or the theories. Um, Yeah. There's just so much more power to playing with it in real life and dropping the expectations around having to be a certain way because your chart says X, Y, or Z. Oh yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Or like it's okay to push push the rules, if you will. You know, I mean, there's definitely been times that I haven't waited for an invitation, and because it's like oh, I just kind of went with it, mm-hmm. but it never works out for me in the way I want it to, <laughs> and it always takes me back to going, ah, oh, okay, yeah, that's why, right. that's, <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. But it's like just play with it. You know, it's okay. Like whatever. You know, it, that's yeah. all the more. Um, I guess, confirmation that maybe there's something to this whole waiting thing or whatever, if we're talking about projectors, you know, for Mm -hmm. instance. Um, Yeah. And getting comfortable with that. But I think the, uh, the waiting for the invitation, that could be a whole podcast along uh, on its own, just the misconceptions around that and whatever. And yeah. I recently, um, (laughs) like literally this week, I heard somebody (laughs) talking about waiting and I was like, nope, it's not even waiting for the invitation. Yeah. It's not this yeah. passive experience. No. It's being for the invitation. Yeah. You're, you're just just, you're, just doing mm-hmm. your thing. And you the more embodied you are, the more like in your self and in your power and aligned with your own energy you become. And the more willing you are to recognize yourself first, the more seamlessly the invitations are seem seeming to fly in. Um because there's not yeah. this like thirstiness to your energy anymore oh projectors are notorious for like it's the projector desperation (laughs) desperation and that that whole waiting kind of implies that there's that desperation to be seen that you're waiting and it's like you're holding on and holding so tightly for an outcome that you want but that's not what it's about you know Mm -hmm. it's about being in the flow of when things are meant for you based off where you're at in, in your your life and in, in your power and all of that, they'll come to you, you yeah. know, and being in your magic lane, doing doing you. And because, yeah, we are really meant to be seen. Sorry, I don't know that beeping noise. Um, <laughs> um, uh-oh, I don't know what's happening here. <laughs> Shit. Okay. Um, can you see me? Is this I can me? see you. Yeah. Okay. I can hear you. I can see you. <laughs> okay. There we go. I'm just moving this thing out of the way. I don't know. <sighs> we yeah. are meant to be seen. You were saying. Yes. Yeah. We are like really, truly. I mean, that is, that is a big part of our energy. Like it's kind of yeah. hard for us not to be seen. I mean, we have our energy, like we said earlier. I mean, it is, it's intense, you know, mm-hmm. we kind of dig right into it. You know, we get, we go right in there, you know, to yeah. the heart of it all real quick, zero to 60, you know? Um, so it's hard not to be seen, but it has to be those correct, the correct people, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. the correct invitations, the correct everything in our lives. It, it's so beautiful when that all just lines up and you kind of are getting away from that neediness and that desperation. I mean, that is just such a, gross place to be as a projector 
Mm -hmm. And I feel (laughs) for people that are there and I understand that. And, um, but likewise on the other end of that spectrum, it's so beautiful when everything is just so in alignment in your life because things just so flow so effortlessly, you know, as they're meant to, and you will be supported. Your energy will be supported. You will have enough energy, you know, to do the things you need to do. Yeah. Oh, so good. We're definitely going to have to do another <laughs> another conversation um, down the road and just like continue <laughs> unraveling this ball of yarn. Um, <laughs> but as I l- prepare to close the container, I just want to open the floor to you. I know you weren't doing readings recently, but I just want to offer you the chance to um, – let our listeners know where to connect with you, um, if there's any way that they can work with you or co-create with you um, that feels good to share, that would be lovely. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely, I have taken a little bit of a break from that. I've had a lot going on in my life and especially now with it being summer and there's so much going on in my house. Mm-hmm. Um, I've kind of paused that. I'm, I'm, I'm open to people like DMing and maybe, you know, considering doing a reading, but I just don't want my books open right now. I may reconsider that uh, when school starts and the kids are back in school and everyone's back in their routines um, to do maybe, you know, one or two a month or something like that. Um, but yeah, so if anyone really, really wants to get a reading with me, please reach out to me and DM me. We can discuss that. And um, my Instagram, my human design Instagram is at align my design. And then my personal is at Caressa Arnett. And I do share some human design stuff from time to time in my stories or whatever, but that's just more like me being me. (laughs) And sometimes I go weeks without sharing and then sometimes I like blow it up, you know? So, yeah. um, And I'm not very active on the Align My Design page, but there's a lot of great posts and information. There's a lot of resources on there. Yeah. And so you can kind of go through that and read up on my take on human design and the way I see it. And um, yeah. So I love it. All of that will be (laughs) in the show notes for anybody who is curious. And I would just highly recommend connecting with Caressa. Human design aside, you were just like such a bright human to have on my internet <laughs> network. Um Cressa is also a brilliant yeah. singer. She's always sharing like her oh, takes on like pop speaks. culture and she's singing and she's yeah, she's just lovely. So you'll want to connect with her. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, Love you. Thank you so much for being here. I think this was just such a fun conversation. A long time coming. I know we've been talking about it on and off. Um and I'm excited yeah. for the next one. So Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. Maybe so if people want to reach out to you and if there's anything that they want to talk about in the future that they would want to focus on, we could maybe do that too. You know? Yes. Yeah. Any questions yeah. or thoughts, please do yeah. let us know what you want to hear. Cool. Beautiful. Well, All thanks, right. Well, I love you. Thanks for having me. Oh my goodness. I had so much fun revisiting human design and having this conversation with Caressa. I'm 
can't even wait for the next conversation she and I share here in this space. Before I let you go, I am going to drop the link below for this, but I'm opening up a secret offer that is going to be exclusive to this episode. I'm opening my books for a small handful of human design readings. I'm just going to feel into when enough is enough. Um, It'll likely be at the end of August that I'll reclose the books. But if you want a human design reading, I call them HD Wisdom Sessions with me, go ahead and peruse the show notes for a link to book that in. Otherwise, if you loved this episode, we definitely want you to reach out, to share, to comment. And if you're loving the podcast, like I say every time, please do subscribe to your favorite platform so that you can stay on top of all of the upcoming episodes. And word of mouth is our favorite thing. So if you're loving these conversations, please, please share them with your community. Get more people involved in the community and the conversations just receiving uh, in this space. That would just be the most lovely and appreciated thing. So um, without further ado, I'll see you on the next episode and I hope you have a beautiful day.